Hey, yo, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's poppin'? Two games on a Tuesday? How y'all feeling? Hopefully your Mondays were a good day. Mondays in the NBA yesterday was a good day for me now. We've actually had a nice day a couple days in a row, so uh, just a variant says we're going to be giving a couple of things back tonight. I don't really know how much I'm going to play on a two-game slate. Two-game slates are not the greatest, I would say, for entertainment purposes, especially when they start at 9 p.m. at night, which for me, I'm an old head out here, a 24-year-old old head that's going to bed by 9.30 these days on the East Coast, so I can get up and smack you around with the information that you're getting right here. But Monday was a good day. I cannot stress enough get the contest selection that matters so so much get the right contest selection down yesterday there were so many contests and i was playing a couple of different contests and it is so easy to see how contest selection matters i was playing in the 222 that had 100 people in it i believe it was the late night slate with two or three games on that one i ended up finishing fourth in that one that ended up making a pretty big day a pretty nice day but that exact same slate that i was playing on that later slate yesterday i played in a contest that had a couple of more people in it right it didn't have as great of a payout structure but it was okay I finished ninth in that one. They were basically virtually the same type of contest besides the fact that there was like 20 more people in it. 20 more people in it make me finish five spots further down because there's obviously more people in it, taking more chances, having more things break their way. Contest selection matters so much. The less people that you can find in a contest, the better. But Sal, the first place prize pool is only $4,000. Okay, you you don't want $4,000? Everybody just thinks that it's all or nothing. You're either going to win $100,000 on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever it is, or you're going to win $0. When truth be told, when you're winning each week, oh, you got an $800 win here. Oh, you finished third place in this contest and won $450. Each week continues to allow you to build your bankroll when you play in those types of contests. You do not have to be perfect. I'm starting this episode off with this type of talk because it is so goddamn important. Yesterday, yesterday I ended up playing. I put my exact same lineup for that late night slate into $15 that ended up going. I think the $15 I pulled up right now, I think it was $20,000 the first. This is something that sometimes I'll just put my main single entry lineup into the big contest because I'll get FOMO if that thing binks. I never really max out the big one. I've talked about how uh, you're usually dead money in that one. But here is the exact scenario as to why you should probably be playing more single entry three max and not even if it's not just smaller field contest yesterday my exact same lineup on that last night slate on that late night slate scored 288 points 288 points finished fourth in the three entry max that ended up winning me around a thousand dollars okay thousand dollars big whip right that's fine but in that exact same lineup just in a bigger contest that night i finished 206th and i won 40 dollars So that's the big difference there, right? Those $40 wins aren't going to sustain your bankroll when the buy-in is $15. 3Xing your buy-in is not going to do it. But when you 5X your buy-in of $200 into the jam, and again, it doesn't have to be a $200 buy-in. They have these same types of structures that are in the $5 stakes. When you can 5X your buy-in there and now add to your bankroll $800, we ended up finishing ninth on the main slate. You add to your bankroll another $1,000, it's going to be a good night. But if instead I just played five lineups in the fadeaway and ended up winning myself $60 on $60 in buy-ins, what's the big whoop? Contest select matters so goddamn much these lineups scored the exact same amount of points the difference in the overall payouts forty dollars a thousand dollars a thousand dollars contest selection matters it matters so much and more so than the payouts because again you don't have to play these bigger overall buy-ins more so than the payouts my finishing positions were in fourth ninth and 206 right that's just three of the contests that i'm seeing up here i have a seventh place from last night i have an 11th place right it was a good night overall because of the single entry lineup but it's so damn important to actually be getting in the right contest so you can finish higher up right when you finish 206 for 40 dollars, even in a smaller field event if you're finishing in third place in the first place prize pool 
a thousand, you probably just took yourself home 150 to $250. So starting this episode off with some DFS strategy talk that can be applied to any DFS sport that you're playing because it is so goddamn important. If you continue to just hunt the first place prize pool every single night and you're asking yourself on live streams to me, we're going to be live tonight because the games start at 9 p.m. We'll be live at 5 p.m. East Coast time for an hour going really deep into these two games late. But if you're asking me, why am I not winning? I'm playing lineups into here and here or Sal, I'm, I'm doing this and that. It's going to take you weeks to months to potentially even a year to really actualize and win a big tournament, things like that. Along the way, you want to be docking off these smaller wins. 500 bucks here, a thousand bucks here. You're going to have a much better chance of doing that by playing in small field events and finishing in the top five than playing in the large field events and finishing in the top 10 or top six because the payout structures are so goddamn bad. But all that said, smack that like button, hit the notification bell and the subscribe button. I greatly appreciate that as we're approaching 36,000 subscribers on this channel. The more of you that hit the notification bell, the more of you that get to party with us on them live streams. You know, kick back, relax, max all cool with your feet up on the desk. Appreciate you all in advance. The video is sponsored by Superdraft. We're in the hoodie right now, actually. So Superdraft, what is Superdraft? It is a multiplier format. You should be checking out Superdraft. You should be checking in on Superdraft as well. We talk about contest selection. Superdraft is another way to go about it. If the contests still aren't filling and the competition is much weaker over there, people don't take out guys that get ruled out last second over there as much as they do on DraftKings. It's really not even close. Sometimes it's like a 15 or 20% difference. A guy might not be playing after five minutes of getting ruled out last second. He could be 20% on, on, on Superdraft and only like 3% on the DraftKings because DraftKings is much sharper. A lot more people are playing much close attention and there's a lot more content going out there for DraftKings. But Superdraft is going to give you a lot of opportunities to just spank some binks, right? You're going to smack some binks around. So be sure to check out Superdraft. It's a multiplier format. We have projections down below on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. If you want to check it out and when you sign up, if you use my name, Sal, it's simple S A L Sal, they will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollars. Whatever you match, they will give you a free money bonus up to that in a slow drip format or whatever you deposit. So be sure to check that out. Promo code Sal S A L let you know that you came from me. So two games slate. I want to break really deep into this one for all of you and just make sure you understand the rotations, but we'll start off with the injuries. Denver, uh, the only guy here is going to be Michael Porter Jr. He's, I haven't been as doubtful. There's no official injury. He's going to be ruled out on DraftKings. Again, for the umpteenth time, do not be looking at the injuries on DraftKings and be saying, oh, but Sal, this guy has an out next to him. No, they basically just are going to carry over from whatever the game was before until they think that their algorithm is going to give them an update. They're using an API algorithm that is not up to date. Right now, Michael Porter Jr., they're expecting him to return sometime during this road trip. That could mean today, right? That could mean today during this road trip, or that could mean in three games. So I just have him as doubtful. He can maybe be questionable. We don't have an update here, but he expects to return soon. If he's going to be once again out, well, then Will Barton continues to see more run. The combination of Monty Morris and PJ Dozier continue to see around 24 minutes apiece instead of 20 minutes apiece when Michael Porter Jr. plays. If you go over to New Orleans here, Lonzo Ball, he practiced on Monday. He said that to reporters that he plans to play today. I'm as questionable with a knee, but I'm projecting him in. It's a two-game slate, so I already have basically not my finalized projections, but pretty damn close to them since there's only four teams to actually have to project for minutes-wise and all that instead of usually having to project for like 20 teams. But I'm projecting Lonzo Ball in. Now, he normally plays 35, 36 minutes. I projected him for 34 minutes. That's going to crush Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's been very good. I only ended up giving him 15 minutes. It knocks down J.J. Redick a couple of minutes. It knocks down the ceiling of like Josh Hart's minutes. It took Akira Lewis, if you're not familiar, somebody who was playing like 10 minutes a guard for them, a rookie. It takes him out of the rotation for me. I gave him zero minutes as of right now. Now, if Lonzo is ruled out again, well, then yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's minutes come up towards the 30s. Uh, Lewis is going to see probably around 8 to 12 minutes in my projections. You can give a couple extra minutes to guys like Josh Hart to 28 maybe. Uh, to JJ Redick, but right now I'm assuming that Lonzo Ball is going to be playing in this game. We head over to Oklahoma City, where this is actually going to open up as of right now the early value on the slate and potentially the only real value on the slate. We'll see what happens a little bit later on. But Al Horford is going to be, well, at least in the last game, right? He's not ruled out officially. Again, if you're watching this right now, DraftKings is going to say he's ruled out, but he's questionable for a personal matter. I didn't dive deep into this. I don't know what the personal matter is. Um, they're saying that he's out indefinitely, so we'll get an update on this today. Assuming right now I have projected Al Horford out, assuming that he is out again, it's going to open up where you're probably going to find the best value on the slate right now.
right now and either Isaiah Roby if he starts or Mike Muscala both of them are going to be looking pretty good today with Al Horford off the court this season we've seen 202 minutes of Mike Muscala he's averaged 0.89 fantasy points per minute with a 17% usage rate and a 15.7 defensive rebounding rate we've seen Isaiah Roby start some games as of late and I actually gave Isaiah Roby more minutes right now I believe I gave Isaiah Roby 26 minutes to Mike Muscala's 22 minutes their last game if you're looking at the box scores from that don't just trust that it went into overtime so you have to take off five minutes for Mike Muscala he didn't actually play 27 minutes in that one he wasn't going to play 27 minutes in that one they got into an overtime game and he ended up playing five minutes in overtime I could see this thing being closer to 24 24 minutes split if you want to give it 25 23 I gave it 26 22 they're both in play for me Roby with 168 minutes with no Al Horford on the court has averaged 0.92 fantasy points per minute he's seen a 20.3 defensive rebound rate and an 18 percent usage so he's been all around a more productive player than Mike Muscala he just hasn't played as many minutes so see who starts tonight both of them are in play I like the one who starts more and right now I'm projecting Roby to start assuming that Al Horford is out now if Al Horford is in $5,500 Al Horford himself is fairly reasonably priced if you expect around 30 minutes of play we head over to Utah now where Derek Favors who's always dealing with knee and back injuries and issues is going to be probable today I gave him 15 minutes behind the starting Rudy Gobert who I gave 33 and then Joe Ingles the final thing here to keep an eye out he's questionable with an Achilles he missed the game on Sunday so far this season what you're really going to be getting is just a little bit more of a, a floor to the minutes of a guy like Jordan Clarkson who's already been much more productive Jordan Clarkson so far this season and 180 he's averaging 1.15 fantasy points a minute to begin with but in 189 minutes with no Joe Ingles on the court he's seeing a 26 percent usage rate 1.26 fantasy points per minute leads the Utah Jazz right now he ends up having a 14 percent assist percentage he's picking up rebounds as well so you get that type of usage and again even when he's not on the court or even when he's on the court Joe Ingles you're still seeing some pretty high over 1.1 fantasy points per minute for Clarkson who's arguably having the best start to any one of his careers so far and he's getting a lot of minutes I gave Clarkson 29 minutes he's definitely in play today but if Joe Ingles was to play Clarkson's still in play there it's just you get less security with the minutes instead of feeling like you can get 29 or 30 rather easily you're starting to say okay we might be in this range of 27 or 28 that minute or two might not seem like a big deal but three fantasy points difference to a guy who's $6,500 is the difference between him scoring you 27 points and 30 points and that is a rather decent difference when you're talking about finishing 17th in a tournament or finishing 10th in a tournament it's a pretty big payout outside of that if Joe Ingles was to miss you'd see a little bit more run for uh Miani or Mioni uh Mioni at this point I'm going to give around 14 15 minutes if Joe Ingles was to play maybe I don't even project Mioni maybe you end up giving him four or five minutes uh Niang is going to see a couple extra minutes of run and that's basically it Royce O'Neal gets his 33 Conley I gave 31 Mitchell I gave around 34 and Gobert 33 so that's where we're at right now let's move over now to the early interest where we can talk about these per team basis at this point so starting it off in Denver okay so you have to keep this in mind it's a two-game slate so the odds of us not wanting to play Nikola Jokic are going to be very low today because Nikola Jokic is currently going to project out as by far my highest projected player in the slate and there's not really any other superstar level level players on this slate I mean you're looking at guys like Brandon Ingram who has been good Shea Gilchrist Alexander who's just coming off of his best performance of the season but that game went into overtime played five more minutes than he normally plays he had almost 60 points in that game he's how not now had 50 or more fantasy points and DraftKings points in four of his last six SGA is arriving and he's arriving rather quickly but with all of that said as of right now I still have Nikola Jokic projected for 12 more points than anybody else on the slate if Nikola Jokic goes out there and scores 60 tonight which he's literally averaging so far this season fairly close to that if he goes out there and scores 60 tonight he's going to just automatically be in winning lineups right there's like one or two other guys that can match his 60 points tonight and they get there way less of the time so finding some type of value assuming Al Horford is out maybe Joe Ingles is out gives you a little bit more value or at least reliability in the mid-range with a guy like Jordan Clarkson finding value is going to be important tonight again Nikola Jokic on a two-game slate he's probably going to come in with massive ownership 80 plus percent on so if you want to say hey this game blows out Jokic only scores 38 points tonight be my guest and go ahead and take that risk I'm probably just going to be putting Nikola Jokic in if you're playing in the big contest the $18 
$200,000 to first, I think, tonight, then yeah, you can fade Nikola Jokic because there's actually decent leverage there. The the risk there is worth the reward of $200,000. But for me, somebody who's going to be playing in these smaller field events where there's only 100 people in them, and I assume Nikola Jokic is going to be like 95% on, then I don't have to be in that 5%. I actually think it's a disadvantage then at that point if you're fading him because there's not going to be as many guys taking massive risks, so you don't actually get rewarded when you take your massive risk as much. Mainly because it's a smaller field event and you only have to beat 90 people to finish in the top 10 instead of 90,000 people, right? If you want to go down a little bit more, Jamal Murray has been one of the most, I would say, inconsistent players in the NBA so far this season, and it's kind of on and off with this guy every single game. Um, he's either going to take a lot of shot attempts, and lately he's been making these shots, right? But it's kind of up and down for him. Now his price point's going back up after it dipped into the 6K range for a couple of days. It's basically still a little bit underpriced from where he's been all season, around the 8K, upper 7K range, but he's playing bigger minutes as of late, 37 and 42, and that's getting him these 46 and 40 point performances. The shots have been there, right? He shot 9 of 20 against the Nets on the 12th. He ended up only putting up 27 points there because he ended up with no rebounds, barely any assists, no real stocks, steals or blocks. But this is somebody who's been kind of up and down on a two game slate. You can't just have to keep him in play. He's not even averaging a fantasy point per minute so far this season. He's averaging 0.93, but we know that long term, this is a fantasy point per minute producer. When there has been no Michael Porter Jr. on the court, you've seen the largest sample of minutes going to Jamal Murray, 372 with a 25% usage rate and 18% assist percentage and 0.97 fantasy points per minute. Over the long haul of the season, I would expect that fantasy points per minute to go upwards above, and it's kind of doing that over these past couple of games, above one fantasy point per minute, closer to 1.1 fantasy points per minute. So he's in play for me, Jamal Murray, but not a priority. I would much rather prioritize Nikola Jokic in my lineup. If you want to go down a little bit more, we have Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green's been good, right? He hasn't played that many minutes, but in 192 minutes with no Michael Porter Jr., I'm giving Jermichael Green 22 minutes today. I'm giving Paul Millsap 22 minutes today. Jermichael Green, so far with Porter Jr. off the court, is right now a 64% true shooting rate, right? Shooting close to the basket, so that gives you a little bit more reliability, but 1.04 fantasy points per minute. Again, he's averaging a very strong fantasy point per minute number. He's getting you rebounds right now. A 26.3% rebounding rate is only behind Nikola Jokic on this team. On a slate that lacks any type of value, if you can get 20 plus minutes out of Jermichael Green, which you've been getting pretty consistently out of as of late, at $4,600, he does look like one of the better value plays. 1.9x multiplier on this presenting sponsor, Superdraft. It's going to look nice like that multiplier, right? 1.9x, but it's not going to be as nice for something that I want to get to. Mainly because the projection alone is not that high. Right now, Jermichael Green on Superdraft ranks out as my 14th overall play on a two-game slate. If you're asking me who is my top play, we'll give it to you right now. Why not? So again, promo code SAL, S-A-L, get you a free money bonus sign up up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. My two top plays on Superdraft and pretty wide uh, range here is going to be SGA, Gilchrist Alexander's number one, 60.14 fantasy points at a 1.4x multiplier. And Brandon Ingram has a 1.35x multiplier, have him at about 59.4 points. Those two are my two best plays on Superdraft. Want to get the rest and fill out the rest of your lineup on Superdraft? Check it out down below on Patreon. But there's a nice little start for you fellas out there and you lady fellas slapping you around, giving you the nice plays to start your lineups out on Superdraft. Those guys by far look like the two best options based on their multiplier. There's a couple guys up there though that you probably would not expect to be in the top five, top six range to fill out your Superdraft lineups. Your optimal if you will get a little bit different in the mid-range be sure to check out Superdraft linked down below but right now we can move over to new orleans so i'll scroll this down so you can see just the new orleans guys on the screen so we're going to kind of get a couple guys from each team these are not the only interests i have tonight there's a couple other value plays right now if i look at my projection sheet on patreon basically what my exposures are looking like i have a player pull around 20 guys as of right now my strong interest i only have four guys that are strong interest early on so far so we'll see how that ends up changing throughout the day but yeah right now i got about 20 guys on this sheet right here you're going to see probably about 10 to 12 so the rest of them are down below we update for any types of news and things like that right now we can go over to new orleans where again i am projecting in lonzo ball lonzo ball is having probably one of the worst shooting starts to his career i'm not giving him his full 36 minutes dealing with some knee injuries both of his knees i gave him 34 minutes we'll see later today if he's ruled in or out we can talk about that in the live stream we'll see if there's any minutes restrictions put on him anything like that if we have to bump him down to 30 minutes or so 
so but assuming that he is in today these are the guys that i like right now i think i'm going to actually like brandon ingram less than zion williamson just because of the price getting to brandon ingram plus Jokic is nice from a fantasy point projection just straight up projection not value standpoint but we're going to need a little bit more value for me to want to do that so for a 1200 difference i'll go to zion who i don't have projected that far off right a couple fantasy points difference here now brandon ingram does lead this team in minutes he has a 24.6 percent assist percentage which still leads this team and a 30 percent usage rate which is basically a virtual tie with zion 29.8 look how close this is 29.8 percent according to add more funds i could actually probably pull this up on the screen right now i'll give a shout out to matt hotchins i believe it is i'm not sure i actually had to pronounce matt's last name but you can see right now on nba wowie you pull this up right here this is the new orleans pelicans and brandon ingram 420 minutes 29.7 percent usage rate and a 29.7 for zion these guys are basically identical usage rate players and really when you look at it from a fantasy point per minute standpoint from DraftKings, at least 1.19 fantasy points per minute zion 1.15 earlier this season you had brandon ingram around like a 1.28 1.3 guy zion was only like around a 1.1 we kind of said earlier on like last year these guys were both around 1.22 i think it was so they're kind of already diverging closer to each other you're both seeing them getting up to and really around 1.2 fantasy points per minute is where i think they stabilize that's because you see the rebounding rate going up for zion the rebounding rate right now total or defensive rebounding rate is 17 percent for zion which is basically the same as ingram's but earlier this year this was only like 10 percent ingram's assist percentage was around 30 percent this year it's coming down to 25 percent so those are a couple of reasons why it's kind of neutralizing itself now the assist percentage is still going to make brandon ingram the better overall player you get more points for assists he's getting them more frequently than zion is getting rebounds at this point so the upside for double doubles is there but that's kind of built into this price point so i'm okay to get to zion and really you can get to either of them if you wanted to stack it up and get different on a, on a massive slate if you wanted to just get to both brandon ingram and zion there and you wouldn't want to get to Jokic and you wanted to say that that game is going to blow out and you just want to stack up one game i think that that's pretty appealing right if you think that there's a blowout run in new orleans and you don't want to really be playing or or in denver and you don't really want to be playing those guys and you want to be just stacking it up and saying hey this game right now which really neither of these games have high totals they don't look great from a pace perspective but if you wanted to say new orleans versus utah is going to score 20 more points and be competitive tonight or this one goes to overtime six percent of nba games go to overtime then i can't really knock you for it as of right now if i look over on my projection see we can talk about this more later on i currently have zion williamson as my number 10 overall play today and brandon ingram as my number 16 overall play just factoring in overall rankings value in the context of the slate now there's a bunch of other guys josh hart isn't a priority but i think he's cheap enough he's kind of locked into this role of 26 to 28 minutes with the upside of 30 plus even if lonzo plays i think that a lot of these guys after this look pretty similar from new orleans mainly talking about lonzo depending on his run if he plays at all and then josh hart these guys are kind of going to be independent of game script right you're gonna have josh hart not that highly owned he'll be mid to low ownership here and he's not going to project out that great for many people like josh hart for me right now he's an interest of mine but he's only my 20th overall play on a two-game slate that's not that great but the upside is there for him he's going to rely on rebounds he can pick up steals and blocks but really three-point shooting if he ends up taking five three-pointers four three-pointers in this game it comes down to literally if he makes an extra three-pointer if i project josh hart to make an extra half a three-pointer tonight he ends up going from my 20th overall play to my sixth overall play that's the difference that's how close this slate is for the value tonight a lot of the value looks pretty close again one extra half not even a, a whole three-pointer if i project him for half of another three-pointer he goes from my 20th overall play today at around 23 and a half fantasy points you end up bumping up to like 25.2 and he now is approaching my top five in value on this slate the value is lacking early on right now there's a couple of plays basically the guys on okc assuming al horford is out but josh hart lonzo ball those types of guys are pretty close i like the cheaper price point on josh hart at 4900 pretty close to being some nice values on the slate tonight and i don't think as many people get to them because their median projection is not going to look as good when people optimize their lineups and, and crunch their lineups with the, with the line 
lineup optimizer, but it really is a lot closer than what that optimizer is going to tell you. So now we can go over to OKC, who's coming off of an overtime victory, I believe. They ended up winning by two points over Chicago in that last game. And yes, an overtime victory. So you saw massive minutes, right? You saw 30 or 43 and a half minutes out of Shea Gilchrist Alexander, according to Popcorn Machine. He would have played 38 in regulation, a lot more than he has been playing as of late. You saw Isaiah Roby just in regulation play 26 minutes. So Isaiah Roby plays 26 minutes in regulation. And honestly, he fouled out in that game. So that's why I'm giving Isaiah Roby today 26 minutes and Mike Muscala only 22. And I really wouldn't fault you if you gave Roby 28 minutes and 20 minutes to Muscala. Again, this is all assuming Al Horford is out, but I think that Roby becomes the top value play in the slate today. Mike Muscala, if you're going to look at his minutes, you're going to say, yeah, they both played 27 minutes. Mike Muscala played more minutes, 27 to Roby's 25.7. But Mike Muscala played the five minutes of overtime. Mike Muscala was only supposed to play 22 minutes in this game. But you saw Roby late in the fourth quarter pick up three personal fouls, and he ended up fouling out in that game. Roby was set in this game to probably play somewhere around 27 minutes to Muscala's 21 minutes of play or so. So today I'm projecting it 26 minutes for Roby and 22 minutes for Mike Muscala. Since there's a price difference of $700, it does actually put them both in play for me. I currently prefer Roby as a top value play in the slate today. I have him projected for almost 6x value, but I also have Muscala close to 6x value as well. Both these guys are firmly in play today. Again, I prefer the ceiling on the minutes and the floor on the minutes for Roby based on what we've seen a couple times now this season, especially if he starts. Now, if Muscala starts, this kind of changes a little bit. I'd probably prefer Muscala a little bit more, give it closer to a 24-24 minute split, and then you end up seeing a cheaper price point on Muscala to project him as the top play. But right now, these two guys are two of like the top five value plays, two of like probably the top three value plays in the slate early on, but I prefer Roby if selecting one of them. Another value play from this team is going to be George Hill. He actually played bigger minutes in that last game. He played 33, but again, he played overtime. He closed out like the final five minutes of the game and then the final five minutes of overtime. But this is a guy that you're normally seeing play 25 minutes a game, and he slowly came up to 26. I'm giving him 27 today after playing 28 in regulation in that last game. You're averaging 26.2 minutes per game for George Hill so far this season. And he's been good, right? 0.83 fantasy points per minute. You're getting right now a 17% usage rate and close to a 20% assist percentage is currently only behind SGA, who's just blowing it away with a 30% assist percentage. So yes, George Hill's in play, but I prefer those big men right now on the OKC Thunder. Final interest will be SGA, but he's finally getting there, right? I've been saying it all year. He was $7,600 earlier in the year, then 78. And I've been saying all year, this is an $8,500 to $9,000 player. Now he's $8,700 in a two-game slate. What that basically means is that for him to be a decent play for you, you're probably gonna have to see closer to 45 points. Well, he scored 50 or more fantasy points in four of the last six games. Pretty good. But in there, he's had a 30, he's had a 27. This team does get blown out. And yes, there is a chance against Denver today that they could get massively blown out. But with all that being said, it's still a smaller slate while I will be having SGA in my interest. And I prefer SGA too. And this is really the bigger thing here. I like Jokic out of all these guys, if you're trying to pay up, right? And there's enough value right now to pay up. But I like SGA over Brandon Ingram for that $400 difference as of right now. I like SGA today. I think that he's a better play than Brandon Ingram if you're choosing between the two. And right now it's kind of a coin flip between SGA and Zion. I'll take SGA there just based on the fact that he's that main dog on his team. I think he has a bigger ceiling. He's seeing a 26% usage rate, a 30% assist percentage, and he also has a decent rebounding rate. And it kind of is close to Zion's, right? A 14% defensive rebounding rate for SGA compared to Zion at 17% right now. And then we can close out the slate with Utah as we kind of finish this, this pretty deep, deep dive. I hope you all are enjoying it. Utah right now, a lot of guys just look okay. None of them look out like standout plays, right? You have $8,200 Donovan Mitchell, who I think I would prefer Mitchell to SGA if we want to keep comparing some guys in the slate for a $500 price difference. But a lot of these guys look almost identical on Utah. I could have even probably put on this list right now, Joe Ingles, if he ends up playing. If you want a really cheap value play, I think you already have it in OKC, but let's say Al Hofford was to play. If you can get 15, 16, 17 minutes out of Derek Favors on a two-game slate, it could pay off for you for 20 fantasy points. But yes, all these Utah guys look like nice options. The four that you're seeing on the screen, Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, and Clarkson, if you're looking on the podcast version or listening, those four guys are all in the top 14 for me, and three of them are currently in my top 10 in plays on the day today. So 
they all look just decent they're kind of all filler i'm not prioritizing donovan mitchell on the top end i'm more so prioritizing Jokic all the way at top but donovan mitchell i prefer to rudy gobert right now i think that mike conley and clarkson in the mid-range both look like fine options i'd currently prefer mike conley over jordan clarkson i think you have a little bit more of a minute ceiling and floor there in the minutes i think that clarkson's the better guy for a gpp ceiling if you're playing a larger field gpp then go to clarkson but if you're playing in one of these fields that have 500 or less people i think conley's just a better overall option in that type of an environment he's also 300 dollars more so it's not that major of a, a difference in my projection i have conley for 34 points and i currently have clarkson for about 32 points so if the difference of 300 dollars is breaking your back and making you have to change somewhere else then just play clarkson and also there's something to be said in these uh tournaments today on a two-game slate where if you play mike conley and you only have 100 dollars left on the table or you can play clarkson and have 400 dollars left just play clarkson game theory wise just play clarkson leave 400 dollars you can be more unique that two fantasy point difference is going to be made up for in terms of how now how often now that lineup is unique so if i had to rank these guys for you i'd probably be going mitchell gobert conley and clarkson kind of in the order that you're seeing their salary but conley and clarkson are really like a 3a 3b depending on what the rest of your lineup looks like if you want to get different depending on the size of the tournament if you're in if you want to leave even more money on the table and nba i don't think you have to leave that much money but on a two game slate you do right on a six to ten game slate there's so many guys in play you don't have to leave money on the table but on a two game slate leaving 400 dollars on the table is going to make you rather unique a lot more times than just leaving 100 dollars 200 dollars no doubt about it so we ended up going for like 25 plus minutes on a two game slate but i just wanted to make sure that you guys had as much information as possible it's easier to kind of digest these teams their rotations when it's just two games in the morning right instead of 10 and 10 i have to do kind of my initial projections and then we talk about them more in depth in the live stream so later today we'll be on the live stream at 5 p.m east coast time the games don't start till 9 p.m tonight so they're starting about two hours later than usual so that means that we can start our live streams a little bit later so 5 p.m east coast time people will be getting off of work maybe we'll start around 5 15 or so but yeah be sure to hit the like button the subscribe button i really do appreciate it it helps a ton and that notification bell we're trying to get more people to hit the notification bell we did a giveaway yesterday one people one person ended up getting a free hoodie they wanted to choose a hoodie from the merch store maybe we can run one of those again just by screenshotting that you have that notification bell hit right the bell icon is hit when you hit that notification bell it makes it look like it's ringing hit the notification bell so you know when we're going live you can come and you can hang out relax max all cool check out patreon down below for my projections rankings mma is starting this week on thursday we'll be having mma content on this channel with nba projections rankings and ownership on patreon we will have golf projections rankings and ownership as well probably later today or by tomorrow and golf content as well we'll have the nfl this week and then we also have nba so a lot of stuff on patreon right now to get bang for your buck i'm just a one-man band over here so i don't gotta be charging like a lot of sites like 300 bucks or 100 plus bucks a month to be signed up for patreon low prices because look i'm a one-man band we only got to pay one mortgage aka my rent payment but i appreciate you all a ton check out super draft shout out their hoodies very comfortable the presenting sponsor of the show promo code sal sao get you that free money bonus up to a thousand dollar ruskies thank you all i appreciate you all in advance enjoy the rest of the day and i'll see some of you hopefully a lot of you later tonight on the live show let's call it around 5 15 p.m east coast time peace out gang enjoy the rest of your day